0: Welcome to Lightning Rounds. This podcast is about culture, life, and the Bible. And what's really great about this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you you know know how we do it here. The listener, you, you get the chance to send us in questions, and um, hopefully you get the, the responses that you were looking for we just kind of answer your questions and um we kind of make you deal with them so <laughs> <laughs> deal with it oh sorry we respond to your questions and then we make you deal with them but um we have a lot of fun doing this podcast and and really because you the listener keep sending in questions that's what keeps us going and so keep sending those in where thanks mom Yeah, (laughs) they're great. My wife sends in like half of them, granted, you know, when are you going to do the dishes? When are you going to clean that? No, (laughs) it's like, that's not theology. No, I'm just joking. But I am one of the hosts here. I'm Zach, and um, I'm joined by a couple of other people, two other hosts. Why don't
1: you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Andrew Newman. Newman. Hello.
2: Can you go over here? (laughs) I'm going to have a new one every week. We have Andrew Newman, the breather, <laughs> and we have Hollow, the
0: <laughs> fire breather, <laughs> the, 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 our, our patron, <laughs> our sponsor, Hollow, our sponsor. But um, for today's fourth episode, this is episode four of season three. What? Awesome. But for today's fourth episode, we needed to switch this up, we needed to bring in a guest. And so when we thought um, and scoured through all the many applications we received online and um, Mm. (laughs) all of the papers that we had to read and theses and all that stuff, and um, after we took all the application fees and spent them on Little Caesar's Pizza, we finally settled for for uh, t- the guest for today. <laughs> um, she's a great friend, and every time that she has something to say, it pretty much makes us reshape our theology and or weep. <laughs> um, it makes all of us in here realize that we should have finished college. Um, but why don't you welcome with us our, the one, the only, Quincy McCook. Quincy, hello. Yeah.
3: Hello, such an honor to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: You're welcome.
3: I'm Anytime. a big fan, <laughs> huge fan.
0: The only fan that has sent us fan mail, actually. Yes. So that's <laughs> wow. we felt really special from that. I actually have some of those. Uh, I don't know trinkets. I don't. know. You sent us like a lot of different stuff. I don't know what. <laughs> I have a sh- I have a shark sticker. I think that was for Andrew, and he like. <laughs> was so terrified by it. that He was too scared of it. (laughs) Some great pins. No, but Quincy, we're we're really excited to have you on. You've been on before. Um, What's been going on in your life? Why don't you catch people up just a little bit of what's been going on in your life recently since moving to Hawaii? I think the last time we had you on, it was right before you moved to Hawaii.
3: Yeah, I think so. So about Two years ago, I moved back to Hawaii to be with my family and go back to school. Well, go to college for the first time, really. So I'm going to school to be a teacher, and it's definitely been uh, different than I've expected to be. The plan that I had is different than what the Lord had, so it's been good, but I'm just going to school online. Um, I was cleaning houses, my dream job, not really, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) it's good. And, um, just the flexibility of doing online. I'm able to be here right now. So I'm in California visiting my sister and everyone here and I'm about ready to go on a trip tomorrow. So I'm excited. Just the freedom.
1: freedom,
3: (laughs) (laughs) unemployed, I quit my job and yeah, it's been good.
1: Wow. Seems to be a lot of that going around, this whole... Quit <laughs> your jobs,
3: everyone.
1: Hey. Quitting jobs. Hey. Living your dreams. Hey. Oh, man. You have one job, and that's to breathe, okay? <laughs> Not to give your opinion
0: on uh, my life's matters. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Quincy, we're really stoked to have you on. We can't wait to gleam all the wisdom that you have to say and... Um, pretty much steal it take it as our own and quote quote it as our own and um also no pressure also, thanks <laughs> and the laughs too you're, you're you're great you were actually out here in texas too me and emma uh before you went to california me and emma got to get coffee with you and stuff and watch our three-year-old son throw rocks at strange kids and sticks and stuff and <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was great so fun yeah it was weird to see you in texas but I'm glad I got to do that before coming to California and not seeing you. So it prepared me for the change. Wow. It's California sad without you guys, but true. It's okay. I'm not
0: going to lie. I'm a, I'm a little hurt that Quincy is the first one to see me out here before Andrew or hollow. I'm, I'm a little offended.
1: Like I said, I have a job
3: because <laughs> I'm unemployed. <laughs> like
1: I, it seems to be a lot of people just quitting their jobs. Quit your job. And going to live in their dreams. But That's all
2: you got to do. Have a job. That's the first step is don't have the job. And then you just go from
0: there. All right. You cut me you cut me real deep, Andy. You cut
2: me real deep. <laughs>
1: You know what? I'm just gonna breathe over here. <laughs> All right, man.
2: Quincy Quincy went and saw him. I let him live with us. What have you done, Andrew? Oh, gosh. <laughs> a, I
1: really, I'm at a loss for words at this moment. You didn't even bring your own coffee this morning. Well, you know what? My son had a meltdown. Okay, I was hanging on to my leg. I had to kick him into class. This is g-
2: just a roast of Andrew today.
1: <laughs> I
2: was gonna
0: say that that kind of. Yeah, that kind of escalated quickly.
1: I apologize.
0: All right. Let's get back. Let's get we're doing a podcast here. <laughs> Anyways, you're listening right now. We're 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 really stoked that you're listening. Really excited that you joined us on today's adventure. And it's going to start with an adventure with our segment of the day. Choo, choo, choo. Today's segment of the day is really bad 1950 sci-fi movies. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, we went right. we went there. Most of you listening probably weren't even alive during the 50s.
1: Although I wish I was.
0: <laughs> you wish you were so you could be a greaser and your name could be Pony Boy?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: I'd be snapping all the time. Snapping, snappin'. <laughs>
3: oh,
0: <laughs> daddy-o! <over>. All right. <laughs> well, today's today's segment's a really funny one. These are just basically the '50s um, was kind of a um, a decade of really interesting sci-fi. The genre of sci-fi kind of exploded, and um, there was bad animatronics. Bad. Um, there was no such thing as CGI. Uh, and all that stuff. If you want to laugh, look at look at like sci-fi novel covers. Those are great. Those are those are super the art artistic design behind those are hilarious. <laughs> but today we're we're looking at some really bad 1950s sci-fi movies, okay? So we're going to take a trip down history lane and I only have four here. There's four of us, and so why
1: don't we start with Andrew Okay, starting at number one, we have King Dinosaur. In King Dinosaur, a quartet of astronauts are sent to explore a new planet called Nova. When they touch down on the planet, they are soon welcomed by a ferocious collection of gigantic alligators, snakes, ants, and more. (laughs) here <laughs> here the kicker the giant monsters are led by king dinosaur which is really just an iguana forced to stand on its hind legs to appear <laughs> like a tyrannosaurus rex the four astronauts then use atomic power <laughs> to destroy the iguana in the end <laughs> oh man it's genius. You just use what you That's got. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda like this podcast. Uh yeah.
0: A lot of relations. I think I think in the future we're gonna be part of a future list really bad podcasts of the uh, teen twenty teens.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Sad. There's gonna be no. a church podcast in, in twenty eighty. <laughs> Bad podcast of the early <laughs> 20s, 20s,
1: twenties.
2: 2000s. But what, what, Andrew, what stands out to you the most about
0: King Dinosaur? What makes it an iconic, really bad nineteen fifty sci-fi?
1: I think that it's just gigantic alligators, snakes, and ants. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a, <laughs> if you're on an alien planet... Wouldn't you think that they'd be different animals than what's on earth? <laughs> nope. But they're just straight up gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Just really big ones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really
2: big snakes. Like really big animals ants It had a, a different title uh, originally. It was called Florida. Oh, um, <laughs> oh my gosh! That's a good, they uh, they that's changed a good it one. to King Dinosaur. <laughs> I, li- <laughs>
0: I like that they that the iguana was forced to stand on its hind legs. <laughs> like, I, like how does it sounds painful? It's like you ever tried to like pick up a, a lizard and it's just like limp. <laughs> like I don't know. That's just funny. It's just funny to me,
1: dude. I had an iguana. I had an iguana growing up. He was super mean. This iguana bit everyone, but his name was Norm, and uh, he was my brother's uh, iguana.
2: I thought you, you say he was my brother? I was like, he was my brother. He had a great relationship with him.
1: <laughs> he belonged to my brother, and his name was Norm. Yeah, but he was really mean. He bit everybody.
0: Good old Norm. All right, Quincy. Why don't you Why don't you just ring us in to number two?
3: All right, number two is called Prince of Space. (laughs) The silly Japanese film Prince of Space sounds tame enough in name, but the premise and poor production values make it one of the most laughable sci-fi outings of the decade. The plot concerns an alien race from planet Crancor sent to Earth by their leader Phantom to overtake the planet and claim it as their own. However, the aliens resemble chickens. <laughs> Out to save the day as a mysterious superhero named Wally, aka the Prince of Space. Even sillier, Planet Cranker is located only five hundred thousand miles from Earth, making it the closest planet in the solar system. <laughs> oh, I'm glad they ended with that fact.
2: Uh, oh. It's
3: closer than you think, Prince of Space.
2: Like that no one did their research. They're like, half a million, that's far. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds good. I think it. I think it's great that, that, just like you said, Andrew, that it's just chickens. It's like they're not aliens. It's just chickens. <laughs> it's like, you think they could get a little more creative than that. But
1: We actually looked it up and saw the pictures. I don't even think the guy is Japanese.
3: He's a poser. <laughs> He's a poser. He's <laughs> <a> white
1: dude.
2: <laughs> well... <laughs> number three teenage zombies the year 1959 produced some of the most ludicrous sci-fi films of the decade for instance teenage zombies follow a group of water skiing teenagers who happen upon a mysterious island led by maniacal scientist dr myra with sponsorship from the east dr maya sends her zombified henchman ivan to capture the kids and put them in a cage so that she can inject a nerve agent that turns them into brainless zombies. I mean, they already were teenagers. The silliest part comes in the end when a zombie gorilla appears out of nowhere and saves the team. <laughs> zombie gorilla? This sounds like they were on a time crunch and they're like, just, just do it, zombie, gri- zombie gorilla. I have
1: a gorilla suit in the back.
2: <laughs> Save the day. Oh, man, this is a good one
3: yeah
2: water those water skiing teenagers <laughs> when will they ever learn <laughs> it's like the, the riffraff of
1: society were just water I skiers know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the conquistadors of the useless
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like jaws 3 the whole water skiing. yeah scene. yeah I think water skiing were... was a thing back then that we've overlooked It must have been the mindless teenagers (laughs) taking over little by little. It's the
0: most ludicrous film of the decade.
2: (laughs) Luda. Luda. Well, Zach, take us home with number four.
0: This one is weird, too.
2: Cat Women on the Moon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The film traces five astronauts on a mission to the dark side of the moon. Upon arrival... The space crew is met by a mysterious monster able to breathe on the moon without technological help. Later, <laughs> that's an interesting detail, right? Later, they discover a secret subterranean city in which an eight telepathic leopard-clad cat women dwell. <laughs> With the large moon spiders everywhere, the cat women <laughs> attempt to steal the crew's spaceship to invade Earth. <laughs>
2: There's only 8 of them. What
0: are they going to do when they get here? You know what they're going to do? Is they're going to they're going to create the musical cats. That's what they're going to do and they're going to ruin our entire world. <laughs> Taylor Swift was one of them. That musical terrified me, like seeing like the billboards in my hometown or like seeing those little commercials of them.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves is is people dress as animals. <laughs>
2: pet pet Peeves? <laughs> Pet peeves.
1: <laughs> I wonder if those cat cat alien ladies, they like came to Earth and made everyone allergic. And so they're just like sneezing and their eyes are so running they can't fight back. And they're able to conquer the world. But just eight of them. Oh, wow.
2: Oh, just a thought. Till Captain Claritin arrives. <laughs> <laughs>
1: are you Claritin clear? <laughs> Uh, Till uh, Prince of
0: Space comes to save the day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. Uh. Bring on Doi Be back. Bring him back. <laughs>
0: As you know, as we like to do here on Lightning Rounds, the segment, what does it have to do with the question? What does the segment...
3: (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) What is a good We
0: just like to waste your time. (laughs) In fact, waste our time. I had to research this. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Quincy should be our researcher because she doesn't have a job right now. (laughs)
3: Can you pay me? (laughs) Probably not.
2: (laughs) No, but what do really... (laughs) What are you trying to say? (laughs) Just because we do this from our closet in a garage. Exactly. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Low budget podcast.
3: It's a
0: little bit of foreshadowing right here. All right, so why did we we do a really bad 1950 sci-fi movies? Well, today's question kind of has a little bit to deal with that has to deal with the end of the world.
3: <laughs> or as
0: a, what's that band that sings that song? It's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. And I feel fine. And I feel yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best part. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to end it. No, on. you have to, man.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So the question today, why don't we have Andrew read our listeners question for today?
1: <clears throat> okay, I'm going to read this in the most monotone voice I could possibly do. Okay. All right. Today's question is, how can we maintain a sense of excitement for our futures when the world is crumbling so fast <laughs> all around us? <laughs> okay. Do
0: you want to reread
1: that question? I feel like I can't
0: even no, use sorry. that. I'll reread I feel it. like I can't even you. use that. Okay.
2: <clears throat> all right.
1: And... Action. Uh, today's question is: How can we maintain a sense of excitement for our futures when the world is crumbling so fast? <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be excited there at the end. You know, if I were to if
0: I were to paraphrase this viewer or this listener's question, wow, I asked, I said it like we're on a TV show, our viewer. <laughs> we're not that big yet. If if I were to if I were to to summarize this listener's question. Three words. What's the point? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like this person's asking, "What's the point?"
1: <laughs>
0: oh, it's a valid question. It's a great. It's a. It's a great question. Wow, Andrew's laughing a lot at this.
3: <laughs>
0: it's a great question. I, I mean, I. I'm really, I'm honestly, I'm really thankful for whoever asked a, asked this question because this is really the question that we've all been asking internally. <laughs> 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 after everything that's been going on in the world, it's like wow, with every the the current circumstance of the world, and and you know, you know, you know, if you're listening, you know exactly what's happening in the world, and and part of this podcast is 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 you know, we we don't like to major on too much of that stuff on on everything that's happening. You know, we like this to be a a little fun thing for you to kind of get away from that stuff and and get refocused on Jesus. I mean, with everything going on in the world with seeing the way that the world is and how it does look like everything is crumbling so fast, how can, how can we maintain a sense of excitement for our future? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. Well,
1: (laughs) Quincy. (laughs) Take it away. Please.
3: (laughs) Okay. Well, I think the question, just like looking at it, um, my first thoughts were the connection of our futures and the world. So you have to get outside of that. You know, our future goes beyond this world. We have a heavenly future, heavenly hope. So if we're basing our sense of excitement for our future just on this world, we're not going to have it because it is crumbling and it is like, going to perish but we have to keep our eyes on the eternal Mm. things um and another thought that came to mind right away uh was andrew's teaching through john 2 water into wine Mm. and how to quote andrew with jesus joy never runs out and the best is yet to come come on and i just love that yeah so good so good right there
2: this andrew this one said said that that? you said that i wrote it
3: down (laughs) the breather has spoken
2: (laughs) the
0: inhaler
3: yeah (laughs) the
0: exhaler
3: (laughs) inhale exhale Mm -hmm. so i just love that because honestly i have a sense of excitement for the future even though everything seems uncertain and it's just going back to who god is and his character and i love that quote joy never runs out we have Um, an endless supply of joy in who Jesus is, and we can trust that the best is yet to come. We have a heavenly hope, and that should bring a sense of excitement and anticipation, Um, but we do have to accept the reality that, like Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulation, you will have trouble, so we have to accept that reality, like it's not going to be all great and easy and always exciting, but he's promised to be with us, and I just think of Ephesians 2:10, like we're God's workmanship he has things for us to walk in we have Psalm 23 goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives like we have to remember the goodness of God in the midst of the crumbling world um yeah so I think just keeping my eyes open to what God is doing looking for that hope brings that excitement and keeping my, uh, perspective of the future, like very broad, keeping it like heavenly perspective, not stopping short just at, you know, tomorrow or this year or this life, because those things aren't going to fulfill, but heavenly, you know, keeping it at that heavenly perspective will bring that hope and excitement for the future. Amen.
0: Wow. Can we just end the podcast right there? Just, uh,
1: I think we should, just in case we say something stupid. <laughs> we should just avoid That was
0: great. <laughs> avoid no, it. that was also good. It's good to remember that, you know, and and even good to think about it in the sense of, you know, for those of you that are listening, most of you guys, I mean, we started this podcast out of our, you know, our church's young adult group. And so mo- most of you are listening that are like in your 20s, 20 somethings, um, 30s, fairly young. And, um... It can kinda of seem that way, that like when the world is like coming getting crazy and you're like, What's the point? Like, but I but I still wanna you know, but I still wanna do this, but I still wanna, you know, <laughs> whether it's like buy a house, get married, get that job, you know, um, do do this travel the world, you know, or, or whatever it, it could be. And I like how you said that, Quincy, that it's that it's like our our hope is bigger than this world. Don't put your hope in this world, because even the stuff in this world, we, we can't take with us. We can't take any of that stuff with us. Uh, like Andrew, you said, right? You, Andrew always says, what can we take with us to heaven? We can't take anything with us, but what can we take? We can take souls, right? And I was waiting for you to respond, but...
1: Oh, <laughs> um, people. Yeah, people. souls. <laughs> I thought you were going to just finish it. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. People.
2: That's That's good. I like it. Amen. I just, I always go back to the fact that not, not to, to play lightly of people's problems and stuff, but even with the world in the state it's, it's in right now, like one, we have the hope of heaven and two, we don't have it that bad. Um, you look at like the, the new church, you know, when it, when it was just beginning and you know, Nero and all these crazy things that people, I mean, Christians were being uh, hung on poles and lit on fire to to light up the night. And it's like, I don't know. Like, what do we have to complain about? And again, not to, I know we have problems and there's things going on in the world and all this stuff, but at the same time, like we have it so good. And at the same time, not looking at our earthly circumstances to bring about joy, But to just remember like our joy comes from the Lord. So no matter what circumstances we're in, that should give us motivation. The fact that we have Christ as our savior, like that, that's the end all. I feel like we have Jesus, you know, and that we have everything,
3: (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, and it reminds me too, like what you're saying, Hollow, um, of First Thessalonians four sixteen, where where Paul talks about he says that the Lord will descend from heaven. He's talking about the Christ's second coming, you know, which I'm kind of assuming that this question's kind of pointing to. I mean, when the world's crumbling, that's kind of a sign of, of the return of Christ, right? The the second coming of Jesus. Um and in First Thessalonians four sixteen through eighteen. You know he describes that. Paul describes that. He says the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, uh, the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Those of us who are alive will be left will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. But right here, verse eighteen, he says, "Therefore encourage one another with these words." And I like that because Paul's mentality on eschatology, like the study of 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 the second coming of Christ and and the end times like um like Paul's aim is to encourage each other with these things. He's like, "Hey, this should encourage you because you realize that your hope isn't in this world. You realize that um it isn't like you said hollow. Um even today, it isn't as bad as it was, you know, <laughs> as it has been in the past. But we we should be encouraged and excited and eager for the return of Christ. I mean, why why wouldn't we be excited for the, in a sense, the consummation of of the bridegroom and the bride and, and him making all things new and every tear being wiped away and, and perfection restored, um, earth restored to perfection, heaven down on earth, you know, that, that picture of, of the new heavens and the new earth, you know, when your hope is in the world when your hope is in, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the state of this world and it's easy to be let down and to be like bummed out on it. But Paul's, Paul here, he's like, Hey, be encouraged. You know, he's speaking th- to the, to the Thessalonians here who are about to face some pretty gnarly persecution, um, in the coming years. And he tells them, Hey, though it looks like, you know, he speaks to them in this light. He says, though, it looks like the oppressor is winning, though it looks like the persecutor is winning. Um, be encouraged that Jesus is coming back, that he's coming back, that suffering, you know, it it, it is, you know, you know, we are, We are going to face suffering as a a believer we are going to face trials we are going to face anxiety worry you know these different things that are going to shake our faith Um, but we have to keep our eyes like you said quincy on jesus that he's good through this all throughout all of that
1: yeah i i think one thing how to stay excited is to like make a list of all the things that god has blessed you with in the ways that god has taken care of you or um what you do have and and know that God's given them to you as a steward to um, basically to manage until he comes. So so God's given you these gifts for the for the purpose of implementing them within the world and within our culture to influence the darkness with light. Mm. And so there's an, there's there's always an excitement. Um, because until he returns or takes us home or i get hit by a car or whatever there should be um, there should be a a, you know i don't know just thankfulness Mm -hmm. to god that he would steward allow us to steward certain things i think of my children that god has allowed me to steward them um until he comes um to love them and to raise them in the lord and to um watch them grow and, and champion them and things like that and, and to I and I get to sacrifice my some of my time and my thing you know for them like what a wonderful gift that God gives us in order to see you know what it's like to have a, a parent's heart like his heart you know and so just those little things I think they can help us to um Understand. I think sometimes we can get so far ahead in the future and see all the destruction. We're like, well, well, that means that that tomorrow, like it's over, there's no hope or whatever, but it's like, you don't know what God's doing. We don't know what God's doing next. So the excitement is, okay, I'm going to keep working with my hands. I'm going to keep aspiring to live a quiet life. I'm going to mind my own affairs. I'm going to, you know, um, like Paul says in verse Thessalonians and just, I'm going to keep doing it because I know that I'm supposed to steward what God has given me until mm-hmm. it returns. And and until he does, like, I'm excited. God's going to work. God's going to move. God's going to, I get to be used by the Lord today. And, um, something that when we were dead in sins and trespasses was impossible, like just wasn't happening. And now that we're saved, there's this really cool, um, thing that God's done where he redeems all these different areas of our life and redeems it back for his purpose and for his kingdom. So just my, by me breathing <laughs> into this microphone, like there's victory in Christ, like yes. alive, not only physically, but alive spiritually. I, I, I've, you know, the devil's been conquered. Amen. Um, death has been defeated. Like, so there's, there's always, I think those little things just recounting, the different aspects of our salvation as well as why we're still here i mean obviously god's got a plan then and so i'm excited to see what that is yeah
3: yeah i think like getting excited about the things of the lord that never fail you know like andrew was saying what are the things that god has given you to do you should be busy about those things and look for what god is doing in this world and how you can be a part of it because Um, that's the most exciting thing and I think for me a lot of times I just have to get outside of my own bubble of you know whatever is discouraging me or you know the echo chamber of what the world is saying and what it seems like is happening around me but like step outside of that and ask the Lord to show me what he's doing and how I can be a part of it because his work is exciting.
0: Yeah you know both you guys kind of referenced like kind of paraphrase really like the, the the parable that jesus gives in luke 19 of, of the talents right about the the master who goes away and he leaves certain things certain talents he leaves a certain number of talents to to each of his servants and what does he tell them he says hey be busy about um my business until i come back you don't know when i'm going to come back and what i like about that um what i really like about that parable found in luke 19 is that Jesus' instruction for his his um, servants or the master in that parable's instructions for his servants is not just to, just to be sitting, you know, in the sense of like just sitting and waiting and doing nothing and, and watching, you know, um, because actually one servant did that, right? And he got corrected for it. But God, God wants us to be busy doing things until he comes back. Like you said, Andrew, like um, use that King James Occupy, right? um, occupy until Mm -hmm. he comes right. (laughs) Or, or be busier out about his business until he comes. And, and to me, it speaks of this idea. Like what you and Quincy were saying is like this idea of faithfulness. Like what has God given you? And are you being faithful to that today? Are you being faithful, um, to that today? You know, um, there's a quote that I came across that, um, from Martin Luther. And some people say he said this. Some people say he didn't, um, who knows, but they, someone basically asked Martin Luther, um, who started the Protestant Reformation, right? Um, some people basically, they asked Martin Luther, if Jesus was coming back tonight, what would you do? What would you do if Jesus was coming back tonight? And he responded, I'd plant a tree and I'd pay my taxes. And it's like this simple response from him of like, I'm gonna keep being faithful to what Jesus has asked me to do. You know, I'm going to keep being faithful to like, that's the greatest command that Jesus calls us. It's faithfulness, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what he desires from us. So it's, and, and I feel like, like you guys were um, alluding to, it's like being faithful just in your, like, are you faithful at your work with your coworkers? Are you faithful to your friends? Like, are you being a good friend? Are you being a loving Christ-like friend? Are you being faithful to your home? Like this is our hope as, as a Christian because Jesus because the reality is you know no man knows the hour right when his return is you know Jesus never gave us a time frame for it and I think he did that for a reason because I feel like if we knew we would we would orient our lives differently we, you know we we would be like ah oh, well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna maybe be you know in the sense of like be faithful in that certain area or I'm not gonna do because I'm gonna I'm gonna be focusing mainly on myself and how I can you know or this And, and I, and I think that like Jesus wants us, wants us to be busy about his, his business with it. Like I said, whether it's being faithful in those areas at home, work, friends, family, or even just in the broader aspect of a, of a believer, of a follower of Christ, being faithful to preach the gospel, being faithful to make disciples, being faithful to plant churches, being faithful to love your neighbor. You know, these different things that, um, we as Christians have, um, have the Father's business, you know, to do. Just as Jesus said, right? The food that I eat, of uh, like He told His disciples, you you don't know of it. It's, you know, the bread that I that I that I eat is to do the, the will of my Father. Listen to this. The fact that Jesus could return tomorrow keeps us from sin, but should not keep us from work.
1: So you're saying that Quincy should get a job. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no. Pre- a be- I guess the better word is Christian service. I think that sometimes eschatology has this thing. Like whenever you hear a preaching on it or a teaching on it. I-, I remember this as a kid every time they teach on like Matthew 24 and like the signs of his coming, I would like just freeze in fear of like, Oh, well, like, what am I going to do? Like, Oh my gosh. And I realized that it was, it was this fear of, uh, um, there's underlying fear of like terror, that what if I don't go like, what if I don't go in the rapture? And so there's this like freezing of, of activity. And then it kind of would wear off, you know, and you're like, okay, I go back to it. just do it. When, yeah. But I think at, when now, especially with all, all this coming out and, and, you know, all the things that are going on in the world, there is so much work to be done. Mm-hmm. That's how we stay excited out of everything in history. Look at the history of the church. There's always been these like firestorms going on in culture and are in the world. And the church has seen like Jesus could come back. We need to get to work. And then, as they do, and things kind of calm down, then you see again, the church is kind of empty a little slower. And then, boom, there's another firestorm. The church gets back to work and it fills. So, like, that sounds like the story um, of Israel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and it's not necessarily a good thing. It's not like, yeah, that's how, you know, we pray for crisis so that people come to Christ. So, but, but, um, I think with all the things going on, it's like, well, there's so much to be done. I think a lot of times in, especially younger people, when they hear these, the, the preaching of eschatology and or the preaching of the coming of Christ, they think the work is done and, and there's nothing left for me to do. So what, you know, we'll just hunker down in my house. I'm already on, you know, quarantine anyway. So like I'll just hunker down and wait for the return of Christ. No, there's there's so much work to be done Um, and there's so much hope that we should have because God is moving within culture and in our world and we're seeing it. And so you don't know the next conversation you have or the next person you come in contact with, what God's going to do, how he's going to bring them to Christ or whatever. So just an encouragement. I know when I was younger, it freaked me out and I would kind of freeze in fear. Um, and then realizing like, Hey, this has happened. We've seen it throughout history. Like this is what's taking place. Jesus is coming back. Yeah. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. Um, but there's so much to be done for the kingdom. And there's so much to enjoy in God mm. still. There's so much to enjoy on this side of heaven. Um, and there's going to be more once we get there. So I want to enjoy what God has now. And I want to work in what God's, uh, God's
2: God has now too. And that's all. Quincy. That was the most tweetable... Thing you've ever said. <laughs> Our motivation is Christ, not crisis. There you go. I rephrased it, but that was wow. beautiful. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use I'm going to get that tattooed across my chest. <laughs> In Latin, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, Quincy, read us some of your notes.
3: Okay. Well, I feel like I already read them all, but... <laughs> Um, I guess just like that short term, how do we continue that excitement? Because we've talked a lot about like heaven, which is amazing, but I'm sure some people listening are like, okay, well, what do I do here on earth? You know, and how do I maintain that excitement? I think what Andrew said about like fear. Yes. In my own life, I've definitely seen how fear can paralyze me, right? Not do anything. Cause I'm so afraid. But allowing that fear, it's natural to be afraid. It's okay to look around and like have those emotions of fear, but bring it to the Lord and rely on him and allow that fear to like propel you to action instead of just like sit there and do nothing. Um, And also, Zach has a quote from, don't you have that quote from C.S. Oh, Lewis? Oh yeah,
0: I thought you were gonna quote me. Yeah, I. I was like, no. I'm not quotable. Oh sorry,
3: not yet. <laughs> I'm not quotable. One day. No, just kidding. No. But um, yeah, we were like, just messaging this morning about C.S. Lewis. And- okay,
0: this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Okay, every time me and Quincy do a podcast, she likes she steals my notes. Okay. She steals. <laughs> she steals my quotes. Steals my cross references i'm like
2: you need to stop andrew does that every thursday though he takes wednesday's podcast and <laughs> that, he is teaches true. It. that is true he sure. just teaches it That's <laughs> before we can release the
0: episode he just gives it all already and like oh well i yes. guess we don't need to release it anymore because andrew just taught it <laughs> i uh
1: i want to apologize to the the whole lightning round crew. <laughs> <laughs> publicly apologize. Plagiarism. But um, sorry, it's it's fresh in my mind. So the, the quote that me and Quincy
0: are talking about, there's there's a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, this is post World War II in 1948, um, at the dawn of, um, and we know right, we know in history what ended World War II, and it was the atomic bomb, and um, that led the world into the atomic age. They call it. great fear kind of going around about like, man, we could all die. Right. And I mean, the, the hi- history kind of went into that whole um, cold war, you know, with uh, Russia, which is kind of really crazy because that's kind of what's happening right now. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that fear of like, man, nuclear warfare, the atomic age. Um, anyways, so, so there's this quote from C.S. Lewis when C.S. Lewis was kind of, um, commenting on, culture and what we are to be as Christians during the atomic age, during this, I'll read this quote from him. It's really good. C.S. Lewis says, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or live as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders in Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Indeed, as you are already living in the age of cancer, of disease, of paralysis, um, in an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us are going to die in unpleasant ways. We had... It's very morbid, right? (laughs) But it it turns a corner. Check this out. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to the world, which already bristled with such chances, and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. And then I'm going to close the quote with this, with C.S. Lewis. He says... He goes on and he says, This is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb come when it finds us doing sensible and human things praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing our children, playing tennis, chatting with our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together, frightened like sheep and thinking about bombs they may break our bodies even a microbe can do that but they need not dominate our minds Mm. so good it's such a it's a i mean that was a really long quote (laughs) i apologize for how long how long that is it goes longer (laughs) but c.s lewis basically says like hey death was already a a a fact (laughs) in life you know Mm -hmm. it's already it's already a truth in life that we're all gonna face and he basically said hey you know he's using the atomic bomb in this in this instance, and the fear that people had. But he's saying, "Hey, if it's going to happen, let it happen when you're doing something that you love, when you're when you're when you're loving your family, you're being faithful to them, when you're enjoying a good meal, you're enjoying a good food with friends, you're you're doing these things that honor and glorify Christ, that he um, he would find us faithful, um, not not the opposite, cowering, hunkering down, thinking so much, dominating our minds about this, where it's crippling us." Just when you think
2: you've heard everything, C.S. Lewis has to say, he has one more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, right? I didn't even know. Like, I didn't
2: think, yeah, it, it was
0: actually it was funny. It was it was your it was your friend. Um, they come to our church. She, yeah, oh, she yeah. was actually. So the funny story is, she's she actually told me about that quote, and this was like months ago. We were talking about kind of coronavirus and all this different stuff. She's like, yeah, it's like C.S. Lewis says, let it let it come. If it comes, let it come when I'm doing something that I love and like praying and ministering to people and and loving my family. And and I was like, that is so cool. But I, I think that's true, you know. Um there's one more verse that I, I wanted to read in light of this, and I think it's really good. First John two twenty-eight. John says, So now little children, abide in, in him in Christ so that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his second coming. And I love how simple that is. Like John just says, "Hey, just abide in Jesus." Like keep yeah. it simple. Like um mm-hmm. David Guzik when when he commented on on this verse is really sweet. He said he said the best way to be ready for Christ's return isn't to be a master of every prophecy in the Bible. And nor is it to be a monastery, you know, a monastery or run away to a monastery away from the wicked world. He says, if we want to be ready for the return of Jesus, abide in Jesus, live in Jesus, make him, not yourself, the focus of your life. And then no matter what hour Jesus comes back for you, you will be ready and unashamed before him.
2: I mean i think it all comes back to you know when jesus was asked the greatest commandments it was you know love god and love your neighbors and that's how we can be ready is just eyes on jesus and eyes on the people around us and keep our eyes off of ourselves and you know yeah that's i think it's that simple eyes on jesus eyes on others and jesus is going to come back and yeah. we'll be ready just doing his work
1: well, I think, I think it's what, it's exactly what Matthew McConaughey said. <laughs> <laughs> to end, to, to kind of take this, it all in. Yeah, kind of take this in. Matthew McConaughey. Hey, he's he an Austinite.
0: It. So I love yes, it. Yes, he
1: is. Yeah. In honor of Austin um, and Matthew McConaughey, he said this, all right,
2: all right, all right. Mm.
0: Wow
3: <laughs> I'm writing that down. It's <laughs> <That's laughs>
0: profound that's, yeah that's it. all right yeah And yeah so I think to close it all out, yeah that's that's good, you're right, Andrew. It's in, in a se- in a sense <laughs> <laughs> and, God, hey, he's right all yeah right. it's We're all gonna all right. be all right. We're gonna be know? okay. is the all is right. the end of the world such a bad thought in the sense of like for the believer you know that's where our our, our excitement I think what I'm kind of just getting summarizing from all you guys are our, our hope is in Christ. Our hope's not in this world and when you put it in this world it's easy to get let down it's easy to lose excitement and be like man this is lame this sucks like you know but when you realize it's bigger than than even your world you know it's, yep. you know a famous preacher once said it's not about you <laughs>
3: <laughs> andrew says that every week <laughs> the bible's the bible's not, bible's about, not you. about you <laughs> It's about Jesus. <laughs>
0: it's about Jesus, and even That's your true. life, your life, your purpose is not meant to fulfill your greatest desires or dreams. It's 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 to glorify Christ. I mean, granted, we have such a good God that in in us glorifying Him, you know, John Piper has that quote: "Christ is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him." And um, mm-hmm. there are there are joy and pleasures evermore in His presence. So, I think that wraps the question up, though. Yeah, thumbs up, guys. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right. Quincy, why don't you close us off by reading our little, our little closeout, our little ending.
3: Oh, there. okay. Sweet. Well, thank you for hanging with us today on Lightning Rounds. If you guys have enjoyed this episode or you think your neighbor will, share it with a friend. And feel free to give our podcast a rate and review. Um, our Instagram is lightning.grounds.podcast. It's also where you can send us your questions or you can email them to asklightningrounds at gmail.com. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode of Lightning Rounds.
0: Boom, you heard it from Quincy. See you guys. Farewell. Goodbye. All All right, right. all right, all right. right.